Holy Hour of Power, the Terry and Jesse Show, Blue Collar Catholic Radio. We invite you to this Holy Hour of Power. The month of February is dedicated to the Holy Family. This special devotion began in the 17th century. It proposes the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph as the model of virtue of all Christian households. This devotion spread uh, in 1893 by Pope Leo XIII when he expressed his approval of the Feast of the Holy Family. Remember the Holy Family fled into Egypt and the the veneration of the Holy Family has been observed by the Coptic Christians from very early times. And the Feast of the Holy Family has been welcomed by many popes as a means of making known the true spirit of simple, pious, God-centered family life. Terry, I'm reporting for duty. What about you, my friend? I'm reporting for duty from home. The last time I'm getting better, Jess, and I'm honored to be on the show just to share the gospel. And I'm looking forward to um, the topics today, Jess. What are those topics? Yeah, let me just mention one more thing about something that you taught me years ago. I remember you taught me that doxology, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you, save souls. That was taught to me by Terry years ago, and I've been saying it for now like 20 years. Well, get I just found out where it comes from, Terry. Check this out. Blessed Bartolo Longo, who was a former Satanist, he said, quote, yeah, he said, quote, pronounce often and with great confidence the names of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Their holy names are blessings to angels and men and a terror to demons. Also, another, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so that's interesting, Terry. That's where it comes from. Well, just one more thing about, I have a prayer that says, Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph, I give you my heart and my soul. Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph, assist me in my last agony. And very similar, I just wonder if they were, you know, taken from that too. Good job on getting the etymology on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hey, let me, uh, a couple things that um, are on the docket today. We're going to talk about the global elites have their sights set on on a new free speech target. Terry, everything has to do with free speech. They're going after former President Trump. Uh, they don't want. They want to take away his free speech. Anybody who's yeah. posts or says something on social media, they want to take away our free speech. So we want to talk about that. Also, we want to talk about the little-known secret or the little, the little-known story that the Masons great. tried to kill Don Bosco. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no also, yeah. Woman converts to Catholicism after praying Hail Mary every day for three years. So we'll talk about the power of saying three Hail Marys in the morning and in the evening. And Jesse, just Couple of your information. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Hit me. Hit me. No, no, no. Go ahead, Terry. I'm ready. I was just, just going to say, I, I wanted to update our file on a couple things to pray for. And that is, one, Father James Martin, the Jesuit, he spoke at... Uh, at Our Lady of Knock Shrine, this famous Marian shrine. I've been there. It's beautiful. In Knock, to the bishops of Ireland to try and help them understand how you bless same-sex couples and how we mm. open to working with people who are, you know, of same sex. And so I just find it scandalous. Again, I, I mean, praying and making reparation, I'm sure... Our Lady was saddened 
by his presence there. That's my take. One more thing. I was very proud of an 18-year-old little girl in London, England. Check this out. She was praying religious songs outside the church, and the London police came to her and intimidated her and said, hey, you can't do that. Stop singing. And she's like, why can't I do that? I have a right to do that. No, you can't do that. They take her in. Just can you imagine if your partner did that when you were on a beat? Dude, come on, cut it out. Wow. Well, eventually, the police department apologized for giving this 18-year-old girl a hard time and said that the policeman who threatened you, and uh, he was wrong, and we apologized. But you see how, Jesse, they try to intimidate us? Free speech. The girl was singing gospel songs outside the church. Where, where's the crime? <sighs> That's happening more and more. That's becoming more and more frequent around the country and around the world in Europe, Canada, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, parts, yeah, c- countries over in Europe where people are being arrested in front of abortion clinics yeah. for praying the Holy Rosary. Free speech is yeah. under attack. That's right. That's why I bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How about you, Jeff? Well, here's a couple of things I want to mention. There's a, uh, uh, a military veteran. He's also a follower of Christ. He's been charged with a hate crime. Why? What did he do? He beheaded the satanic uh, altar in the Iowa Capitol. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so they've arrested him, yeah. Terry. They've charged him with a hate. His name's Michael Cassidy. He yeah. got so enraged when he saw a satanic altar with a Satan on it in an Iowa Capitol that he beheaded the satanic uh, image. And for that, Terry, he's been charged with fourth-degree criminal mischief, and uh, he's going to stand trial. Also, get this. Let me just jump in. How about all the heads of saints that have been cut off and nothing was done to those people? Continue, Jess. Of course. Continue. Exactly. Also, a pro-life activist's plural they've been convicted of felonies in tennessee they're facing 11 years in prison for praying and singing hymns outside an abortion clinic did you get that the uh several people are facing 11 years in prison for praying and singing outside of an abortion clinic terry this is what i would call biden's gestapo under biden's gestapo He's arrested 11 pro-life activists for a peaceful protest at an abortion clinic that took place over a year ago. Uh, These 11 activists are facing 11 years in prison and $250,000 in fines. Also, comedian Joe Rogan, who who was the man of the hard left, he admits it. He was talking to another comedian, and both of them were, were, were... lamenting that both of them are saying we're no longer on the left. So Joe Rogan and another comedian, Bobby Lee, who's a stand-up comedian and an actor, both of them were talking and saying, yeah, we live in Los Angeles, California. We're no longer in the left. They're basically saying that the left is crazy. And so it was interesting to hear these two former leftist comedians, both of them said that, yeah, we were basically, they said, we consider ourselves moderates now. We don't, we don't believe in yeah. the leftist ideals. 
And both of them admitted that they've never voted for a Republican before, especially on social issues. But both Joe Rogan and uh, and the other stand-up comedian, Bobby Lee, they said that they're more conservative now, especially when it comes to the financial issues. So, Terry, uh, you're seeing people that were once oh, yeah. left moving more to the center, even even uh, Bill Maher. You hear a lot of the th- things that yep. he's saying. He's also moving more to the center. Well, that's what's happening, Jeff. Yep, keep it up. Okay, the gospel according to our Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Mark chapter 6, verse 7 to 13. <clears throat> Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey but a walking stick, no food, no sack, no money no uh, in their belts. They were, however, to wear sandals but not a second tunic. He said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave from there. Whatever place does not welcome welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off your feet in testimony against them. So they went off and preached repentance. The twelve drove out many demons and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord. Lord Jesus Christ. Well, here's what's something interesting. Father Chad Ripperger says that when you study the life of Jesus Christ in the four Gospels, 23%, Terry, that's almost one-fourth, 23% of the time our Lord Jesus Christ spent casting out evil spirits, exorcism. 23%. Yeah. That's a sizable sizable part of his earthly ministry. So we see here that Jesus is dispatching the, the, the apostles, the 12, two by two, as uh, as emissaries to the surrounding Galilean towns called the Decapolis, and he's giving them his authority, and that empowers their ministry of healing, of exorcism, and and preaching as well. Uh, St. Gregory the Great, he commented on this passage. He said, Jesus sends out the disciples in pairs to signify that the twin precepts of charity are indispensable for the duty of Christian preaching. Those entrusted with this mission must always exemplify the love of God and neighbor. Also, what jumps at me is where, where it says that the Lord says to shake off the dust. What does this mean? In the Hebrew culture, shaking the dust off your feet is a symbolic act of judgment for those who reject the apostles' preaching. And our Lord also in verse 13, it says he anointed them with oil. Uh, the anointing with oil, is it's a symbol of healing, and it's a... Uh, it's a medicinal agent in the ancient world as well. But according to the Council of Trent, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick is suggested in this gospel passage. Yep, Pat, uh, when we come back, I got a great quote with Bishop Fulton Sheen that ties into our topic, trying to shut up a certain group of people in our culture. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We'll be right back after a quick break. We're back to Terry and Jesse's show. We are. Hey, Jeff, before we get to Fulton Sheen, I just want to tell people that, you know, this quote really applies to the 
surprised the global elites have set their sights on a new target, you know, free speech. Yeah. And it's the gospel too, the gospel. So let me it's, let me bring this it, It's especially the gospel, Terry. It's especially exactly, the gospel. Bro. I agree with you, especially. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now, Archbishop Fulton. Full see ahead. Pay attention to this, folks. This is powerful. Never used this before. Only those who live by faith really know what's happening in the world. The great masses without faith are unconscious of the destructive process going on because they have lost the vision of the heights from which they have fallen. Jesse, that just tells it everything for us because without a vision of the next life, it's all here and it's all about me, myself, and I. And that's how I see these guys who are trying to, you know, uh, globalize the, these elites here and, and target people like us, like the gospel. Any conservative voice is going to be targeted because it, it's exposing the errors of this elite group. That's my take. Terry, what they want to do with us is they want to, they want to psyops us. <laughs> They, they, they want to, they want to reprogram us. They, this is called communist re-education. Here's their goal. Mm -hmm. If they can censor free speech, now they're actually controlling what you think, because if you're not allowed to say certain things in your mind, you're going to say, okay, I can't think about, you know, maybe, you know, stolen elections or the jab. I can't think about those things. I just got to take those things out of my mind because I can't speak those things. And so, they're going to they want to reprogram our minds by controlling our speech because our speech is going to censor our thoughts. So if you start thinking, "Hey, is something corrupt yeah. happening with the FBI?" Oh, no, 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 you can't think that. Yeah, you got to censor that, that. Don't think that. Don't think that. That's what they're trying to do, Terry. And uh, oh, yeah. I remember you know, even Justice Clarence Thomas, he fired a warning shot at social media a couple of years ago. He says that social media was, was trying to uh, suppress free speech. And, and if you want to see a perfect example of the suppression of free speech, anybody who tries to talk about the, the January 6th at the Capitol, the siege at the Capitol, anybody who wants to talk about that, Terry, you know, they're, they're, yeah, that's completely suppressed. Yeah, of course. So we have Terry, uh, the, the global elites, have set their yeah. sights on a new target. It's called free speech. Numerous speakers and panelists at the World Economic Forum consistently yeah. emphasize the necessity of censoring misinformation and disinformation. <clears throat> During the Davos conference held from Monday through Friday, but Terry, notice, who decides what's misinformation and disinformation? Who decides? They do. Exactly. The left does. There you go. Yeah. So... Top representatives from government, universities, and nonprofits set their sights on this purportedly menacing threat on sp in speeches and discussions throughout the summit. Many press for worldwide cooperation on combating so-called misinformation and advocated for the enforcement of specific censorship measures to stifle the dissemination of objectionable content online, particularly in the lead-up to the 2024 elections. For instance... European Commission, EC, President Ursula kicked off her special address on Tuesday by talking about how threatening disinformation 
and misinformation <laughs> is to the world order. Right. I bet it is. Like it, for, for the global business community, the top concern for the next two years is not conflict, you know, or wars or climate. It is disinformation and misinformation, followed closely by the polarization within our societies, said President Ursula. The... EC, the, the European Commission president was citing the World Economic Forum's recent Global Risks 2024 report, which surveyed more than 1,400 global risk experts, policymakers, and industry leaders in September 2023 to determine what they perceived to be the most significant global risks in the near future. What is it? Here it is. Misinformation and disinformation <laughs> top the list yeah. with yeah. societal polarization ranking third. Uh, the report specifically flagged the risk in relation to the 2024 elections taking place. Tell you this, so they're already preparing Derry to steal the elections. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are because <laughs> they're already telling people anybody that says that the elections are stolen. That's misinformation and disinformation. They're already preparing people psychologically for, uh, for you know, and I just heard a YouTube video this uh, this morning. They asked uh, Kamala Harris. I'll find it. I'll send it to Richard. Yeah. Uh, they, asked, they asked Kamala Harris, what are you guys going to do for the 2024 elections? She's on YouTube, Terry. She says, we're going to steal the elections. Then she started laughing like a witch, like she always does. She started cackling. Oh, my She started God. cackling like a little. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know where you can see it from? Um, mm. It's on Michael Matt, his show. I just finished watching it this morning. He, he does a Good. weekly show. He has a clip of Kamala Harris. They're asking her, so what, how are you guys preparing for the 2024 elections? She said it. She's behind a microphone. She goes, oh, we're going to steal the elections. And then she started cackling like a witch. Yeah. Terry, and, and, and another place where we see uh, free speech being censored is on the Internet. As you well know, oh, yeah. there's certain things that if, if we say certain things, uh, you know, we get yeah. flagged. We get flagged. You know, it's yeah, like, 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 yeah. like foul, foul. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, Terry, the left that could say anything on the Internet and, uh, and they're not flagged. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you why this is so serious is because free speech is one of the longest-held tenets of American society. It, it goes all the way back to the Constitution. That's right. and, and, now, and now we have woke, globalist government officials, and you have activist groups that are not, not only limiting free speech, but they're also forcing Americans to speak contrary to their beliefs. And... Yeah. and uh, you know, this is this is horrible what's happening. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, the article continues, Jess. I'm not going to yeah. read it because of my voice. You can see this. This is all yeah. the facts. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it says these risks are serious because they limit our ability to tackle the big global issues we are facing. Yeah. Uh, the the president of the uh, EC, Leon, said. Mm-hmm. We, said quote this leftist said we are once again competing more intensely across countries than we have in several decades and this makes the theme of this year's Davos meeting even more relevant rebuilding trust this is a time 
to drive global global collaboration more than ever. So they're saying they're basically saying, "Hey, all of us leftists around the world, we got to band together on this misinformation and disinformation." That's what they're saying. The EC vice president Vera Jarova said that the, the 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 EU, the European Union, is making sure individuals receive factual information through mandating censorship at Davos during a panel on defend, they call their talk defending truth at the Davos conference. That's, uh, that's so <laughs> the Get vice me. president Vera Jarova said disinformation is a very powerful tool. <clears throat> the EU is focusing on improving the system where the people will get the facts right. We don't speak about opinions. We're not correcting anyone's opinions or language. Yeah, this is about the facts. <laughs> yeah. So this vice president, Vera Jarova, noted that the European Union's 2022 Code of Practice on Disinformation compels numerous big tech signatories like Google and Meta to counter disinformation through measures like fact-checking and demonetization, uh, the European Commission also referred to the Daily Caller Foundation to its European External Action Services Strategic Communication Task Force, which identifies and exposes disinformation. Disinformation makes money, and we need to follow that money, and we need to work with, in particular, the global advertising industry. The Internews president and CEO, Jean Bourgeois, stated, quote, a lot of those pillars go to pretty bad content. So you can really work hard on exclusion lists or inclusion lists just to really try to focus their ad dollars towards the good news and information, the accurate and relevant news and and information. So, yeah, here's some of the, the... the companies, the big, the big tech companies that are going to be targeted by the globalists, Alphabet, Amazon, Meta, and Twitter, now X, but uh, not so much anymore because it's owned by Elon Musk. But uh, they, they've asked, is there a way to force them to do that? Foreign Policy Magazine editor-in-chief Ravi Agrawal asked Givens. He said, you get them to, you get them to places like Davos. And you have them talk about the work. The staffing and decisions of companies making sure they're putting in those investments, making sure that they're sharing information and they're doing it not just for the U.S. election, but for other decisions that has to stay a key focus, even if there's political pressure. Givens noted interventions social media platforms have adopted, such as monitoring monitoring so-called misinformation and disinformation asking users if they have read an article before sharing it and fact-checking, she said these are bare minimum essentials for 2024. Givens eventually said, legislating censorship of misinformation is dangerous territory at the end of the panel discussion and noted the importance of transparency about content moderation. The CDT pointed the DCNF to its content moderation transparency recommendations. Uh, Furthermore, Harvard professor of history sciences, Naomi Oreskes, and president of Swiss universities, Luciana Vaccaro, disclosed their mutual dislike for billionaire Elon Musk X during a Monday forum on liberating science. I wonder why they don't like Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Terry, this, uh, these restrictions of, of free speech are meant to restrict our thoughts 
And this is the most dangerous subversion that I've ever seen in America. This is the most un-American thing happening in our country. And they're doing this, Terry. If they if, if they if they're if they're able to do this, they're gonna be able to manipulate every single election. And one thing that we have to know that as Catholics, free speech is a right afforded to everybody. Yeah. And Jesse, just a quick note. Um subsidiary plays in this role right now. If folks here want big government, they want these the same people who want a global economy to run everything. And the little guy in the corner, mom and pop, no, no, they got to do what we tell them. So it's just an interesting thought that church is so clear on subsidiarity as being an important aspect of life. Hey, I hear the music. We're going to come right back. We've got another topic to cover, and I think it's a positive one. You won't want to miss it. You're listening to the Terry and show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We'll be back in a quick break. We are back. Terry Jesse show. I want to talk about the little known story of when Masons tried to kill Don Bosco. Mm. It's an amazing story. History notes how the Freemasons hated St. John Bosco, the founder of the Salesians, whose feast the church celebrated yesterday. But there's less known are the attempts to kill him. Most people don't know these stories. So, the two assassination attempts ordered by Freemasons against Don Bosco can be found in the biographical memoirs of Don Bosco and was recounted in the June 1st, 1980 issue of the Salesian Bulletin, the official publication of the Salesian family. According to these accounts, a former student of Bosco named Alessandro Dasso showed up at the gatehouse in late 1880 asking to speak to the priest. Mm-hmm. This young man's his eyes were full of anguish. Don Bosco received him with his usual kindness. But faced with the growing agitation of the young man, the founder of the Salesian family asked him, quote, what do you want from me? Speak. You know that Don Bosco loves you, close quote. At these words, Alessandro Dasso fell to his knees, burst into tears, wow. and, and, and sobbed. And he revealed the truth. According to the story, the young man, Alessandro Dasso, was a Freemason. And the group had sentenced Don Bosco to death. Twelve men's names had been drawn, and they were to carry out the order. This young man, Alessandro Dasso, told Don Bosco that it was up to me to be the first, just me, and this is why I came. I will never do it. I will draw down upon myself the revenge of the others. Revealing the secret is my death. I know I'm done for, but killing Don Bosco? Never. Close quote. After confessing what his mission was, the young man threw, threw the weapon he was hiding on the floor. Despite Don Bosco's attempts to console him, the young man quickly left the house. On June 23rd, Alessandro Dasso 
tried to take his life by throwing himself into the Po River, but he was rescued in time by policemen. Sometime later, Don Bosco helped him escape from Italy, and he lived in hiding until the end of his days, according to the Salesian account. <laughs> Months later, in December 1880, another young man came to visit Don Bosco. <clears throat> the sinister gleam in the young man's eyes caused the holy priest to have very little trust. The young man express, expressed himself as, quote, a high and mighty man. And as he spoke, a small six-shooter slipped out of his pocket onto the sofa. Oops. Without the man noticing, the priest placed his hand on the weapon and slowly put it in his pocket. The young man tried to find the gun in his own pocket, but to no avail, and looked astonished. Don Bosco asked him calmly, what are you looking for, sir? The confused young man replied, I had something here in my pocket, but where did it go? Well, according to the story, Don Bosco moving quickly towards the door and putting his left hand on the handle in order to get ready to open it, pointed the gun at him and without getting angry said, quote, this is the tool you were looking for, isn't it? At the sight of this, the scoundrel was stunned and he tried to grab his revolver but Don Bosco told him forcefully, go on, get out of here right away, and may God have mercy on you. Then he opened the door and asked some of those who were in the, who were in the ante room to accompany the man to the gatehouse. The assassin hesitated, but Don Bosco told him, get out and don't come back. And the young man who wanted to end the priest's life had to leave along with other companions who were waiting for him outside in a carriage. Wow. St. John Bosco, yeah, pray story, for us. It's, the story is so beautiful. But we could spend a whole couple week of talking on stories like this of Don Bosco. But remember, Don Bosco was a great athlete. People don't remember that, but he's a, he, he was an acrobat. He could do all kinds of quick with his hands, uh, you know, all kinds of things he could do physically. He was, he was just gifted physically. So wow. when the guy tried to take the gun from Don Bosco, dude, you're, you're trying to take it from the wrong guy. I mean, mm. it, it doesn't happen. So I think uh, God, you know, grace builds on nature, and Don Bosco was very comfortable getting that gun and just hiding it quickly with a hand of, you know, sleight of hand. Uh, I just think that this story, it's like all the other stories. St. Anthony Corrette had a similar story where they, the bad guys went to assassinate him and shot him and they hit the pectoral cross. And then the guys went down on their knees and said, "About mercy on us, I'm so sorry. Can we go to confession? And, you know, mm. they, this is what saints are all about. And, you know, for us, it's all, you know, but we're all called to be saints. Just, I wouldn't be surprised, I might shouldn't say this, but somebody goes to shoot you, okay, or shoot me or shoot someone for standing up for the gospel. Mm. If they kill me, they kill me, but God could intervene on this. He, and he did, in this case, with Don ba with uh, St. Anthony Claret and Don Bosco, he intervened just by the grace of these men seeing the love that he had, especially when he said, I love you. That just, that just broke the guy apart. I mean, he, Don Bosco was such a loving man. He, it's just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know why? Because he was dealing with a state. That's right. Terry, the, there's a whole history of the way uh, the Freemasons hate the Catholic church. Let me give you another short story. Yeah, St. Maximilian Kolbe's 
Here's an account on Freemasonry. This was published in 1939. So in the years leading up to the war, the Masonic clique disapproved of, of, on several occasions, by the sovereign pontiffs governing Rome, the capital of Christianity, with ever greater impudence. Mm -hmm. Uh, It did not even hesitate to brandish in the streets of the city during the festivities in honor of Giordano Bruno, the Masons donned a black flag showing the Archangel St. Michael beneath the feet of Lucifer. Still less did the Masons hesitate to brandish Masonic insignia beneath the windows of the Vatican. This is in 1939. A reckless hand held no repugnance in writing. The Masons wrote on a banner as they paraded around the plaza, quote, Satan will rule in the Vatican and the Pope will revere him and the Pope will serve him in the uniform of a Swiss guard and other kinds and other things of that kind, close quote. So this mortal hatred by the Masons for the Church of Jesus Christ and for the Popes, it was not just a prank on the part of some deranged individuals, but a systematic action proceeding from the principles of Freemasonry, which is what? Destroy all religion, whatever it may be, especially the Catholic religion. And as a consequence of witnessing the Freemasons' hatred and hostility, towards the Catholic Church. In 1917, St. Maximilian Kolbe decided to found the Militia Immaculata, which Terry's a part of, the Knights of the Immaculate, to counteract the actions of Lucifer. Terry, you want to say something about that? No, I just, I wish I could, but my voice is not there. Go ahead, Let me give you one more story here about uh, the way, again, the hatred of Catholicism by Masons. This one, this one, I, I learned from from Father Benedict Groeschel. Yeah, yeah, Father Benedict Groeschel, rest in peace. He wrote this in his book "Arise from Darkness," put out by Ignatius back in '95. He said this quote: yeah. "Father Groeschel writes, I have decided to bring this book to an end with a description of a senseless murder by a government. It's something that makes no sense." One of the more peculiar things in modern times has been the persecution of the Catholic Church and religion in general in Mexico. The Republic Mm -hmm. of Mexico was founded by a Catholic priest, Father Hidalgo. He is their George Washington. Mexico, in many ways, was settled and brought into the modern world by the church. The largest number of, uh, number of people ever converted in a single event was the conversion of the Aztecs by the apparition of Our Lady of Guadalupe. In a period of 20 years, 8 million people entered the Catholic Church. The land of Mexico, I mean, he writes this in 1995, so things may have changed a little bit. He writes, uh, the land of Mexico uh, is, it says here, is 95% Catholic. But somehow the government of Mexico, yeah. But somehow the government of Mexico, for a hundred years, has perpetrated the most vicious and cruel persecutions of the Catholic Church, abetted. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to tell you, by the American government. The United States, in many ways, uh, is an accomplice of that persecution, which was led by a particularly virulent form of anti-Catholic 
and anti-religious Freemasonry, which was introduced into Mexico by an American ambassador in the last century. So Father Groeschel is saying that the persecution by the Mexican government against the Catholic Church has basically been fueled and inspired, and who knows, probably even funded by American Freemasons. Terry? Powerful story. Powerful story. Yeah. And Jesse, this is why, you know, and I'm going to say something that's inappropriate for political correctness, but when I was a knight of the Immaculata in Franciscan Monastery, and I told you this once before, we all wear a miraculous medal, which I still wear. I asked uh, my superior, why do we stop praying the prayer uh, that says, we pray especially for the enemies of our church, especially the Freemasons. And this was 1979, and they said because we were told not to mention Freemasonry anymore. So you see how it got inside even our order? We stopped praying for Freemasons by name, and that had been going on for decades. And this shows you Father Charles Murr's book, that got death of 33rd degree, People should get that because he points out how three nations have infiltrated even the church for all the people. And they got this in study to go in 1975. You don't want to get that. Yes, we come back. We're going to talk about We'll talk about the three Hail Marys. Yep. Yep. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Woman converts to Catholicism after praying Hail Mary every day for three years. I love this story. Yes. Mm -hmm. St. Louis de Montfort said the following, By this devotion, we give Jesus all we can possibly give him, and in the most perfect manner, that is, through Mary's hands, St. Louis de Montfort. So here's the story. Yeah. Last week, a woman took to X to share her conversion story. Now, this woman complained that during college in 1993, her Italian, or she, she didn't complain, she explains, excuse me, she explains yeah. that her Italian boyfriend taught her the Hail Mary. She wrote down the prayer in her journal and recited it daily in Italian. Well, what happened to her? Three years later, she converted to Catholicism. Here's, here's what she says. Quote, it never occurred to me at the, time, at the time that those actions were connected, she said. Now I'm certain they were. Close quote. Yeah. She, I found one of my old journals from college yesterday on July 8th, 1993. I handwrote the Hail Mary in Italian. I learned it that day from my Italian college boyfriend. I would say it every day. Three years later in medical school, I converted to Catholicism. It never occurred. Other ex-users commented with supportive kind sentiments and similar testimonies to the rosary. One user said, quote, I came back to the church shortly after starting to pray the rosary. It's always Mary who draws us to Jesus. Another user said, One of the joys of getting older is looking back and connecting the dots of events that in fact were Jesus and our Blessed Mother working in our lives. Another user said, God bless you and welcome home. 
Jesse, this is a powerful story. And I, I see just last Saturday, I, I had a funeral where a young woman, you know, she's went 45, 50 years old. Uh, she wanted to bury her dad. And I told her about, did you, you know, I wanted to have a mask. What about the rosary? She said, I used to know how to pray the rosary because I went to Catholic school, but I don't do it anymore. So, you know, we gave her the material and pray in a rosary. And I said, we'll give everybody at your dad's funeral a rosary. You can, you know, she said, I'm going to start. So a week later, I just talked to her. She's been praying her rosary ever since that day. So for a full week now, she's been praying. Here's the point, though, Jess. People need encouragement. And I say this because at the funerals that we're at, I just had one last Saturday where the lady didn't want the rosary or didn't want the mass. And for just unexplained reasons, you know, the family was divided. The next day she called and said, no, we'll, we'll have a rosary. So I got our priest and uh, the rosary that we prayed for the repose of their son. The thing about it is it's a very powerful means to conversion. You remember the, the runner who was running and he saw an ambulance out in front of the house and the, he just said, well, say a Hail Mary for the person who's sick. And oh, yeah. then that he continues to run. And then two weeks later, he's running, and the lady comes out and says, hey, I just want to thank you. Why? Well, you prayed for me. What? Who are you? I was very sick, and I had to go to the hospital. And they were working on me, and I actually saw you praying the Hail Mary for me. And I just wanted to thank you. These are stories. These are real stories, Jess. Yeah, good stuff, Terry. Yes. Yes. Our lady. Uh, yeah, there, there are countless conversion stories throughout the world that include Mary at the helm. But what yeah. is it about Mary that's so intriguing and ultimately leads people to Jesus? Well, we learn in the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verse 26 to 27, that while Jesus was dying for our sins and giving yeah. us salvation... He, he also gave us an irreplaceable gift. What did he give us? He gave us the gift of his mother. Yeah. Most people don't realize that. Remember. And, and remember, in his goodness, the Lord offers his mother to all mankind. All mankind, not just Catholics. All mankind at the foot of the cross. When it said, the Bible says, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple there whom he loved, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. Notice the disciple took her into his home. I tell Protestants, you consider yourself a disciple of Jesus? Yep. I said, well, what do disciples do? The Bible says disciples take Mary into their home. Yeah. Protestants, when I show them that verse and I explain to them, they're saying, Jess, I never saw that before. I've seen that verse before. I've read it, but I never made that connection. I said, yeah, if you're a real disciple of Jesus Christ, you take Mary into your home. That means you have, you have a relationship with Mary. You have a devotion to her. That's what it means. The yeah. Blessed Mother has the ultimate goal for each of us, and that's to devote ourselves to her son so we can get to heaven. In the way we ask our friends and family to pray for us, there's much power in asking the Blessed Mother to do, to do the same. The Hail Mary is the most perfect example of where true motherly love and intercessory prayer meet. We are offered an open invitation 
to accept the motherhood of Mary into our personal lives. Let it start with one Hail Mary and see how the Blessed Mother softens your heart to do the will of her son. As Saint Jose Maria Escriva wrote, if yep. you seek Mary, you will find Jesus. You know, Jesse, I, I just want to tell people on our website on vmpr.org, I have two of my books. One, How to Share Your Faith with Anyone. And the other one is No Mary, No Jesus. Well, give us some stories. Yeah, I want to, we, we need to hear some stories. Hey, Jesse, one of the stories is your story of how the Blessed Mother came into your life and you entrusted your life to Mary. Father John, I'm going to name names. Father John Karapi talks about how yes. I have uh, some of the big shots out there, but I also have the Hoy Poloi talk about how the Blessed Virgin Mary, I even talked about how Scott Hahn, you know, took a risk and said, you know what, if you're, if you're really who you say you are and the, you know, that they say in the Bible that I'm, re- I'm going to pray this rosary, not as superstition, but as a, you know, devotion. And, you know, I have all these stories of people who, went and, in, and, and took Mary's hand. She'll never let go of your hand when you give your hand to Mary. So if you want to get that book, I it's only like $10. Just go to vmpr.org and you can order it online or call the office and get that at 877-526-215. I think I did 14 uh, stories of people's testimony wow. on how the Blessed Virgin Mary led them to the Catholic Church. Awesome. You know Good stuff. Yeah, it, 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 it's funny you mentioned that um, le- yesterday. Uh, yeah, a couple of Hispanic parents told me that uh, our son is yeah. uh, into into heavy metal music. It got satanic lyrics. Uh, you know, he dresses in all black. Their son dresses in all black. He wears yeah. black mascara. He has long black hair. Covers his face. And he's completely just stays in his room all day. And, uh, you know, he's, he's up to no good. And he, he's very angry. So they asked me, what can we do? I said, well, let me talk to your son. So I talked to him yesterday. And I said, I'm going to talk to you, this 14-year-old boy with the parents. We walked inside of the Catholic Church. And I said, okay. Yeah. I, said, I said, you know why you're so confused? And you're, you're involved in Satanism and black and heavy metal music. I'll tell you why. Because you don't know Jesus. So let me help you. Let me tell you a little bit about Jesus. And then I'm going to have you. I'm going to have somebody teach you about Jesus forever. So he was open because he said, I'm being tormented every night. I, I need help. So yeah. I, stu- I, said, I said, I had to teach him everything. Get on your knees. Make the sign of the cross. Sure. Bless yourself with holy water. I mean, he's completely uncatechized. I said, see that golden box? I said, Jesus Christ of Nazareth that died for your sins is in there. So I said, we're going to say a little prayer to him. And so I just, I said, just repeat after me. I took him through an act of contrition. He just repeated. He doesn't know it. He just repeated it. Then I took mm-hmm. him through an Our Father. I said, okay, next. I said, we walked over to the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe and there's a kneeler there. I said, see that lady there? She's your mother. Her name's, our, he go, and he kind of, he kind of nodded his head. And this guy's a kid that's dabbling in Satanism, dressed in all black. Wow. And I said, I'm going to teach you a prayer and, and I'm going to, and I said, I'm going to write it down for you. I said, and it's called the Hail Mary. He goes, I think I know it. I said, okay, let's pray it. I said, I said, and that's so why I said, mother Mary, I said, your son is right here and he wants to know Jesus. He wants to know your son. 
and he's been tormented by evil spirits. So can you please, can you please reveal your son to him and hold this young man by the hand? I said, so I looked at him. I said, are you ready to pray with me? He goes, yeah, I am ready. I'm ready. So I took him through th three Hail Marys very slowly. By the third Hail Mary, he, he remembered how to pray it again by the third Hail Mary. Mm -hmm. So I told him, I said, I want you to go to confession. I said, I told the parents, take him to confession as soon as possible. Take him to mass this Sunday. And I said, I want you to start your life very basic. I want you to get up in the morning and do three Hail Marys and an Our Father. In the afternoon, do three Hail Marys and an Our Father. And before you go to bed at night, do three Hail Marys and an Our Father. Just start with that. He goes, okay, mm -hmm. I, I can do that. I can do that. But uh, the parents told me, this guy cusses. He won't go inside of a Catholic church. He swears up and down. He goes, when he met you, it's like if, it's like if he was frozen. And, and he, yeah. he did everything you told him. He didn't resist. He didn't cuss at you. He didn't push back. And, and, uh, and, and again, all I did was teach him the three Hail Marys, yep. Terry. And, uh, and so, and, and again, if, if, if he follows what I said, Mary's going to walk mm -hmm. him into the arms of Jesus Christ. Beautiful. What a way to end the show. What a beautiful testimony of the power of our blessed mother. And remember, <laughs> she gets all of her, her power from our Lord and Savior, Jesus yep. Christ, Amen. because her role hasn't changed from the day that we had the nativity. <laughs> her role, her role is to bring us to her son. Just wrap it up, brother. Well, that's a wrap. Terry and Jesse show High Energy Catholic Radio. Remember, pray your rosary every single day. Go to Mass as often as possible. Live in a state of grace. Yeah. Read your Bible every day. And remember, go to confession at least once a month. You're on a great stage right now. Heaven and earth are watching you. Fight like a knight so that God can reward us. And do not be afraid because we're not alone. We have Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, the Holy Family, with us. Terry. And don't forget our lady said in Fatima, we're going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Every action can be like a blank check offered to Jesus through Mary. Thanks for listening, and I hope the stories inspired you as much as it inspired me. God bless you, and thanks for supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God bless you.